are you doing? Just, otherwise, I, this is best as against this and it annoys everybody. Are you done adjusting your chair, Matt? Yep, I think so. Hello, everybody, and are welcome we to the very 26th Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Podcast all about board games, card games, anything that doesn't involve uh, electricity. My name is Quinton Smith, and I'm joined today by Mr. Paul Dean. I thought I didn't know we were running. I, well, Are they going to hear the whole thing with Matt in his chair? Yes, they will. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what? I know, but we only have the studio for exactly however long this podcast lasts. So. Oh, I forgot about the small print there. I know. Yeah. And Paul, Paul, you're actually in the Hi. room with us this yeah. time. Yeah, that's, you're not in Vancouver, happen. almost being happen. run over by cars. I. That doesn't really happen. Okay, if you Isn't, insist, it doesn't. But I did see a car crash. But you know about that. We have. But a, I was nowhere near it. We have a. Fabulous 26th episode lined up for everybody today. We're going to be talking about Dragon's Gold. We're going to be talking about Mysterium Heat, Imperial Assault, and books, the concept and the game. Uh, that's going to be followed by me plumbing the depths of Board Game Geek once again. And then we have a folk game about kids having sex in a forest. Great. I know. Great. <laughs> I um, can't wait. I'm going to prison. Uh, yes, we all are. So, Matt, we went to the Game Developers Conference convention. Uh, last month didn't yeah we? we did I mean we all tried to but unfortunately only, only me and you made it through the are we, past the border. Are we being public about this I don't know I, I mean, mean have act- we, we don't have I, anything to lose do we I don't it was just I an tweeted accident about it it was just an accident <laughs> surely just one of those well-meaning accidents that the American government means we all love you I don't, please don't do it anymore <laughs> I don't even know if they, they were right in retrospect Probably not. Talk to an expert, but never mind. Anyway, Uh, anyway, like we're telling the story, or no, No, we're moving past. What did you play? Well, we were running the board game lounge there. It's a very exciting time uh, to be alive, as me, because uh, the video game community is starting to accept board games and analog design uh, within the conference. So we were running a lounge. Showing people about all the kind of cool Good, games. as they should. I mean, that's what a lot of video games in the past were based on, was insp- inspiration right. taken from board games and anyway. It was great fun. It was like being the kind of the hot new thing, except we hadn't really done nothing. There were some genuine hot young things at the, at the show oh, who just you, made you know, you, great you games. You two were there, so of course um, they were. But and just because by merit of being board gamey people and everyone was suddenly quite enjoying board games it's like oh good. yeah it was, all we're doing really was playing games with people yeah, that's good there's ideas like cross fertilising that it was absolutely crazy we had people swing by the booth you know sort of like a jovial bald man I remember came along and he said I love board games I love your work and I'm like what do you do he's like oh I made SimCity or whatever it was that for yeah. an entire week yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, the interesting thing as well, we've done conventions in the past where um, uh, we demo games for people, but actually that's not really useful because um, the people who come in and say, oh, I really want to play XCOM or Sheriff of Nottingham or whatever, are people who already play board games. So the thing the booth did that actually worked, we felt, was um, we had some plinths, mm. which is a word I still can't pronounce. It's quite a weird word. Uh, and on the plinths were sort of outward-facing displays of seven board games. N. Matthew, please, he's talking. On the plinths. Sorry, I was just learning how to spell. On the podiums. On the podiums. Oh, jeez. No, they were plinths. You said you a bitch. Actually, they were just tables, but we were pretending they were plinths. What we did is we took the seven board games we thought looked good and were great designs from last year, and we set them up and we arranged all the pieces like they were in an art gallery. It was like a mini museum. Yeah. It was nice, just so people could kind of potter about and go... Oh, what this looks interesting. What's this about? That was what I felt was the big thing that we brought to GDC was every single 
convention attendee at some point had to walk past our board game yeah. lounge. And when they did that, they saw these beautiful games that they probably didn't think existed. And behind that, people having fun. Yeah, I think that's really good. And from knowing like where you guys were, you had a good spot where lots of people were coming by. But also, I think... Given those games, those games that are not the most complicated or no. inaccessible games, they're quite open to the games. We should definitely mention are... what we chose to bring to GDC yeah. as a snapshot mm-hmm. of last year. So uh, the games people couldn't play because they were too big but looked great were Dead of Winter, uh, Five Tribes, and the XCOM board game. Okay. And then on top of that, we had Sheriff of Nottingham. Sheriff of Nottingham. One, we had One Night Werewolf. We had Marvel Dice Masters. Sure did. And finally... Masquerade. Uh, Masquerade. Yeah, yes. you go. And that's sort of, yeah, with the expansion as well, it's sort of kind of still last year, just yeah. about. The, yeah, it is. The great thing about doing the lounge is, yeah, you just fudge the dates because <laughs> no one really knows when board games come out. Wow, people fudge calendars all the time, don't they? They, they do. It's a financial year, not a real <laughs> year. Like, this, this is, is like our window into uh, financial discrepancies, isn't it? This is how we'll get our start as <laughs> bad people. Uh, uh, so, But no, uh, and quickly, though, the one other thing I should tell people about our lounges holy shit we had the best volunteers helping us out ever right um, because yeah. last year the lounge was run by Eric Zimmerman from New York University's yes. uh, uh, game design course yes and uh, they gave it, he gave us their master's students in game design and oh god yeah I was talking to they them they were brilliant it was, yeah. it was absurd it was this thing of like you teach them a game and then immediately they're just off it's like lighting a firework and they just were like running off and demoing it to other oh that's people. excellent and, yeah that's it, was, good. it was absurd because I, I mean that's the thing is we usually have the situation of like you know you'll have to teach us a game to play it or somebody else to learn a game and then but then that kind of works because we're all quite good at picking up rules mm. but it's because we all kind of do it it's what you know part of what we do is understanding games immediately but it's really nice it's really rare that you get to sit down and teach people a game and, and you just run through it very quickly and everyone just gets it yeah and, and there aren't any questions you know what was, yeah. and more than that even it wasn't just that they picked up on the fun element they were like oh yeah this is this is clever yeah and then they were talking about it after we left them and and even like just immediately teaching people like, and obviously <laughs> as a consequence of playing these games like for five days I have never we've never put board games like more rigorously through their paces in terms of reviewing them yeah no, and, no. and fortunately like all the games stood up that yeah. that we were playing but it would have uh, been embarrassing actually if some of the games we previously loved yeah. didn't but I mean but sure teaches you that what Sheriff of Nottingham while still great is actually a bit of a bear to teach which but, like it just takes Ages. That funny to me because the, it is. sort of the concept of just you tr- trying to lie about what's in the bag seems simple. I know, right? But then there's just all this stuff about like oh, what people couldn't get their head around is when you draw cards yeah. and when you discard cards. Oh. Um, That's the thing is it's a really simple game. Yeah. It has a couple of, of quite intricate ideas in it and those are all tied together by a bunch of rules which seem a bit like what's the relevance of that rule? And that lots of things basically... It's like a difficulty of the picture comes together once you understand the intention behind all the rules, but until you get it, like the way that you can bribe people to open other people's bags yeah. and, and the specific nature of promising people things, but then if it's not in the bag, they don't get it. It's like all these rules seem a bit like maybe like pissy and pointless until you understand the intention of it all. And it's the same yeah. as true with the, the way you've got that dual discard. Oh, that's trend. a shame, though. Yeah, with um, a draw deck and then two discard piles to the side that you of can it, choose from. Is... And you, you're explaining all these rules about how the discard pile works, and people just look at you and just go, why? And you're yeah. like, well, because you've got this game of putting stuff underneath. And it's like, as soon as people start, they go, oh, I get it now. But it, this, 
it's annoying because it's the sort of thing where you have to tell everyone those rules at the start. It's not the sort of game where you yeah. can pick it up as you go. You know, I swear Sheriff of Nottingham's due for like what the Resistance did to One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which was take a game that needed a games master and had all these different roles. And uh, not One Night Ultimate Werewolf, but just regular werewolf. Yeah. Sorry. But, you know, there's, Sheriff is so much fun just popping bags open and lying to your friends. Yeah. And the contraband system... And it doesn't probably need half of those rules. It just needs someone with a really mathematical yeah. mind to come at it and take it apart. I kind of like the multiple discard pile. It's good. Mechanic. I like all of it. And I still play Werewolf, but I'm just but saying. It kind of doesn't, yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of like, it doesn't really feel like it massively needs to be in Sheriff. It's something that I think I definitely like to see play within other games. Yeah. Um, but it just felt a bit like, I don't know. But uh-huh. no, it stood up and Masquerade really stood up with the expansion yeah. especially. Oh, yeah. We t- it, uh, yeah, a thing that slightly derailed all of our teaching is someone brought a copy of Skull to the lounge. That oh, was yeah. good. That nice <laughs> good Scottish day. guy from Glasgow University. Yeah, it's good, but it did mean that, like, it teaches you how much, how good Skull is, or at least how much we love it. That yeah. As soon as we got Skull, I pretty much didn't want to demo anything else because it was just so easy to get strangers shouting. I'll tell you what, though, we did... Um, so, yeah, let's not talk about the games we brought necessarily, but the games we got a chance to play a load of. Sure. Including books. <laughs> Uh, let's start small. It was right? called, what is it called? Bring your own book, isn't it? Oh, was it called Bring Your Own Book? Yeah, we just, we called, just it called it books because we thought it was funnier. I, it was funny when like one of the volunteers uh, came up and was like, "What are you playing?" And we were like, "Do you want to play books?" books. And he was let's like, "Play books." And the guys just allegedly, yeah, yeah, I'll play books. Uh, yeah, why don't you explain books, Matthew? I think that the the best way to describe books is probably what it looked like from the outside, which was hilarious. <laughs> of just having this big games conference thing, loads of different. Like sprawling room, loads of seats, and then having very near the entrance to our area, one bench, little like basically a picnic table. Imagine a picnic table with yeah. six people huddled around it. So pretty much a f- pa- jam-packed picnic table. Yeah, that sounds like some board gaming. All these people sitting leg to leg, holding and reading books in silence next to each other. <laughs> each of them reading different books. So it just looked like this really intense reading table, and it was just <laughs> such an odd spectacle that you could see people double taking and they were going by, going, "What are they?" What? Like, because there was so much room around. It's like, why are they all sitting close, so close to each other? Probably your next inclination then is to figure out what they're reading that has yeah. them so raptured. And if you did that, you would see that one of them's <laughs> reading an official Halo novelization. One of oh. them's reading. Two of them actually are reading uh, Mills and Boone. It wasn't uh, even Mills and Boone. It was. It was. It was a lower tier of sexy romance. It was disappointingly book. unsexy. Someone had a National Geographic pamphlet. <laughs> Someone, yeah, that one was good. That was that book was way open. And there was a Frozen like book as well like to do with Frozen the film which apparently had all the answers I never played apparently it apparently it had some great ones in it okay anyway the game works is right. really, it's a really simple <laughs> idea right? of course so, yeah the way it works is okay. that you have um, each person on the go they just they get a card and it has two things they have to find and basically the idea is then you I'm trying to think of an example uh, like um, a, a, a subtitle for a war video game yeah like a subtitle for a serious war video game and then you just basically you all just then flick through your books and you have to find something in the book which could be that. Oh. And then it's basically that kind of... It's a bit like with fun employment that we talked about in the past, the yeah. idea of it basically being like it's partly about finding something good but then partly about delivery as well in terms of you trying to find something that's funny or dark or weird. Or mm. So you can have almost any kind of reading material. Yes, yes. yes. and obviously the worse and less appropriate reading material. Like I think the ideal thing would be like a real... This, the romance stuff we had we thought would be funny but it wasn't actually, saucy it wasn't, enough. It wasn't nearly sexy enough yet. Like it wasn't rude enough. It was just actually really drab yeah, prose really dull, for like, like 200 pages. So I think that having the right books makes... And I think that's why it's called Bring Your Own Book. It's the sort of yeah. thing if everybody brings a kind of interesting or 
weird or yeah. odd book, then it's a bit of a riot. And you know what? If someone brings like the manual for their oven, <laughs> that's even better. Like the yeah. worst thing you can bring, then uh, yeah, or even just like a, a pamphlet for like the London Tube map. That, that sounds kind of good. good. It was really funny as well. Not least because um, if you have something bad, it often hits the sweet spot that people will have something really good or really inappropriate. Yeah. Because, you know, you have a minute to desperately... Yeah, the idea is that everybody looks and as soon as somebody finds one, you turn over a little timer and then everyone has to find something by the time of that. But, I mean, we had a kind of handful of complaints about it that just felt like it kind of could have been... The timer was a bit too long because they have this really funny idea that if you don't find something in time for the timer... You have to flick to a random page and just read the first thing that you say, and actually sometimes that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, so we kind of we kind of ended up jury rigging the rules a little bit on our own and being. Okay. Like, we reduced the timer. We made it so the last player to find something had, had to, to always like or, to run around. Someone was always flipping to a random page. Yeah. So there was that kind of like it wasn't just a case of running out of time. It was like you don't want to be last. And that sounds good though. That sounds like that makes sense. It yeah, was yeah, good. I mean, it yeah. was quite a lo- long time to read as well. Yeah, I, and or just flick through, which is what you're actually doing. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the thing that we found is also is that the deck of cards that it came with that had all the questions wasn't necessarily gunning for any one particular audience. Yeah. What we found is that it was a lot of stuff which kind of um, older, sort of like your parents might find funny or your grandparents in a sort of like... A, it was a bit trivial pursuit in what, that area. Well, what kind of stuff know? was it? Uh, look for... Oh, the worst one was look for a fact which has been true since time began. Yeah. And it let people a, be very wry. A fact, yeah, a fact which is as true now as it was when time began. But it just... Yeah... It was one of those things where it kind of felt like, basically, some of the books were rubbish yeah. for, for finding anything because yeah. the prose was so dry. Yeah. But then it meant that when you were trying to find something like that, it was just kind of frustrating because you were just like, oh, come on, give me something. The question wasn't um, funny in the book. It wasn't, wasn't funny, funny. But whenever you were looking for something and you were trying to find something funny, you always got the payoff yeah. of when, when you finally found that and you go, there it is, it would make you laugh and you'd know then that you found it. Whereas with the ones that weren't funny... Um, basically, it would be like, well, there was no payoff. Yeah, it was like oh, I found it. That will have to. So do. you could, I mean, you could again jury rig a bit more by just coming. Oh, absolutely, with your own for sure. Being I mean, as it, risque or ridiculous or whatever as you like. I mean, I just came off the back of the Monica's review saying you could rig this game in your house, but um, you probably want to buy it because it's so good. With yeah. bring your own book, my initial impulse was you could buy this, but probably just make it yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. that that could be unfair. We did only play a prototype version, and the finished version could be better, so we'll uh, withhold Fair full enough. judgment yeah. on that. But it was fun, and it was it was especially just I think yeah, it's sort of thing. Uh, it's weird. It's kind of game that's going to be very much made depending on what books you bring. Yeah, sure, yeah, which is a funny thing to say about a board game, is. but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that tied in with when we were playing Masquerade and the expansion. Like, I realized how much like playing Masquerade is a bit like making a recipe now when you've got all of the Oh, yeah, for sure. It's the same with two rooms Just the fact that you have to understand like what the different types of cards are. Yeah. And then when you look at the number of people, it's not just a case of going, yeah. well, we use these roles. You kind of go, well, we'll put in a couple of these and we'll put this in instead of that. That's a, and... that's a good description of two rooms and a boom as yeah, well. Yeah, it you really know, the is. The fact that every, every game you kind of stir a different combination together and see how that works, Man, even with those people. A couple of weekends ago, I was I got to play two rooms and a room with a really big group of like, it was 30 people, I think. Wow. And, yeah. uh, but they it was someone else's print and play set. So they printed off a ton of the cards, which I hadn't seen before, including the zombie. So I got to try with that. And then the angel and the devil. And then, so the angels can, we had a really weird metagame thing. So we had the angels who have to tell the truth, right? Yeah. And immediately what happened is those players hated the angel in the game um, because um, in one room, 
because in the one room their team was like okay this is the angel on the red team on our team we can't let him know anything because if the other team quiz him he'll just tell them and that angel was like oh that's true so just don't tell me anything and he like went and sat in the corner like la 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 and after the game his feedback was like the angel's a terrible role I hate it in the other room the angel just knew that he couldn't lie but just refused to answer questions so in a vacuum, this role was interpreted totally differently That's in two really rooms. That's really interesting. It was this cool. Is... You just walk away from people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Question. <laughs> that, I can totally see the, the kind of the comic potential of that. There's, it's a very slight tangent, but Rami Ismail, uh, the indie developer, was talking about sort of some of his Indie background. video game developer who yeah. works for... Um, uh, Flambeer. Flambeer. Uh, and sort of Arabic traditions of not lying. And it's oh, really? very important not to lie. But then how people turn that into comedy things where it's just talking about ridiculous things growing up where people would phone you and like they'd want to talk to your dad and your dad would be in a different room and they'd go, is your dad there? And you'd go, well, not really. <laughs> and the kind of stupid stuff that kids do. And I love the idea of Oh, because of the that. kids are so told not to lie. Yeah. And so they, they try and find ways to just do childish stuff with that. And I actually really like like that. So the de- what, the devil lies all the time? And the devil must lie if they're ever asked a question, ever, but even by their own their own team. So that also sounds kind of funny because you instantly have to think of the wrong answer. That's that even always stuff like, <laughs> I like that takes a fraction of a second, doesn't it? I like that with the level. Like, it just means that people say, like, oh, are you... If you're on my team, you go, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, even just it's even really like, annoying what, stuff. What are you again? I'm um, like, how much time is there left in this round? <laughs> like, yeah. how many houses are we standing over? I mean, it's it's goofy. And the, uh, yeah. But I mean, this is it, two rooms in a boom, is that cooking thing. It's just, a, you open a cupboard and then it's a gajillion different ingredients for you to have a. But it's really satisfying when you just get it right and you're like, yeah, this is this is perfect. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I, uh, I love that about games. Just even picking the right game for the right night and yeah. just feeling like a chef who's just. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, something else we got to play at GDC, though, that, uh, speaking of correct groups and things looking really good in our board game lounge, was Dragon's Gold. And neither of you guys have played this one I yet. I really, I kept seeing people playing it, and I really wanted to play it. So this is, yeah, this is a really interesting thing. It turns out it's a Bruno Fiduti release, the designer of Citadels. Yeah. Uh, I hope and... I got that right, because I'm always getting my Brunos mixed up, because there's also Bruno Thala, who did Shadows over Camelot. And yeah, stuff. no, it's Bruno, it is, I no, think I, it's Fiduti. I think it's Fiduti. So, um, yeah, this came out in, like, 2002 originally, and it's just had a big box re-release which some people are complaining about because it means they can charge five extra pounds for it and uh, the contents of the box are the same but um yeah so the you all have four heroes in this game and you're slaying dragons the dragons are all lined up politely in the middle of the table and then they each get the horde put on them which is some gems from the bag and the sort of the sitch of the game is like killing dragons is easy dividing the treasure afterwards is hard so it's kind of like this blackjack thing you all assign heroes one after another going round round the circle until there are enough heroes on one dragon to kill it over its value, and then you put the rest of the hidden treasure on it, which is different depending on the card, and then you have one minute to split the treasure by negotiation. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, and if, yeah. then there's a couple of other small rules. Like, if you send a thief, you get to steal a gem from behind someone's I like screen. that, because I saw you explaining that to people, and that idea of, like, if you've got a thief, then it means basically because the screen's these nice little high things, it means you can just reach over and randomly grab one of their gems. Yeah, like out of their pocket. But then if you've got a wizard with a thief, it means you get to look, right? Yeah, so, but to, the thing is, yeah. if you have a wizard with a thief on one dragon, it means no one ever sent anyone to that dragon ever, which means those characters can actually get stuck on that dragon, and then you won't be able to use your wizard and thief Uh Um, but yeah it's interesting and my god the first group I demoed it to I actually demoed it before I I taught the rules before I played it myself and I taught it to this group of five people who all sat and listened very patiently this was at GDC and then uh, the guy the kind of the group the guy who was talking the most for the group said um, said, oh thanks for teaching the rules just so you know 
we're all Spanish. No, we're all from South America, so we're going to be talking in Spanish for the duration of this game. And I was like, oh, oh, really? And I got so excited. And sure enough, like <laughs> for the next hour, our board game lounge was just Spanish shouting. <laughs> just like, like just because they were all friends as well. And it was so good. It was the happiest I was the entire wow. week. I did love that there were quite a few moments. I think at one point... I. I don't remember why, but I was just roaring with laughter quite early in the morning. And it was it was really something really funny. I yeah. can't remember what it was, but you know, it's just quite weird when you're in quite a, a large building, but also quite a quiet one. <laughs> sort of, yeah. There must have been people just being like, what is at one point, I mean Quinn's has got a legendary loud laugh, but I remember hearing Quinn's laughing when I was on the floor below. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which was like a good 40 meters away. Oh, um, that's the worst. Awesome. But no, it was lovely. It was just like, you know. If anything, there were just people walking past being confused, going, why are all these people shouting and laughing? Yeah, well, uh, fair enough. If, uh, it, if thing, it perks up their ears. I did get the chance to play Dragon's Gold um, like a few times since then. And mm. it's it's good. It's interesting. And I'll tell you what, it sure doesn't work if the group isn't friends or like isn't willing to joke. Oh, really? It becomes a passive aggression simulator because like it's this kind of negotiation with a minute. If you're not 100% comfortable with the person sat opposite you, it's just like this... You can't hardball people. And it's just a game of hardballing them. It's like... Yeah. And it's playing chicken. It's like, okay, Paul, uh, you get these two red gems. I get all these other eight ones. And you're like, that's bollocks. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm in the lead and I can afford to give this one up. So the time's going to run out. And if you don't agree to this, I'm not going to give you anything kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And that's the fun of it. But if you're trying to be polite, it's just... Oh, God. uh, Vanessa at our stand said it was like just constantly feeling like every deal you brokered, both players feel like they got fucked. It was it was as straightforward as that, and uh, there wasn't much funny stuff. There wasn't much joking. Yeah, and that's very different if you know each other and you're comfortable yeah, with exactly. each other's ticks and tells and personalities. And being and... a jerk and watching the sand timer run out. And yeah, it's you, a, yeah, you've got to know someone quite well to just play a game in which they just repeatedly dick on you. Yeah, the entire thing. that's yeah. all. They win. And plus, it's not even like I'm playing this card that dicks on you, which is traditionally the way like Munchkin and stuff works, but. It's like, no, I'm looking you in the eyes and I'm telling you something unfair. Yeah. And that people do get really uncomfortable with that. So it's it's not that's 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 definitely a That's that's very understandable to me. And I, some people are more comfortable with that with strangers than others, but not not everyone. Sure. Uh however, the other thing I found out, and uh-huh. this this tips it back into the ooh, maybe you should buy it range, is I if you have a wizard and they get one of the crappy red gems, which are worth like nothing. But if the wizard's there, that's a magic stone and the wizard then gets a magic item. And uh, I was playing with a couple of people and I drew the card, my magic item, and it said, uh, like, it was like long fingers or magic thievery or something. And it's like, you may steal gems off dragons on the table. If another player catches you, give up this card. (gasps) I know! I know! And it was just the best 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 thing like telling the players like like you know how much how many white gems do you guys have anyway and then they both look behind their screen and I was swipe <laughs> multiple gems off the table and revealing that at the end of the game when you reveal oh, I love way, that I the first this. time I mean there's the first yeah. time I discovered that in Cosmic yeah. of being yeah. like there's cards saying you have the power to cheat and it's being like what no it's, <laughs> it's like it's been done in the 80s and it's but it seems really rare now like really yeah. rare and that's such a shame well it really with some people that kind of rule really rubs you up the I used wrong to, way when I was in my sort of mid-teens I used to love that card game where you just get rid of all your cards and you can only get rid of the cards oh, of the same suit well people have called it different things but you know so you, you lay down cards and you just say you know I'm getting today I'm getting rid of uh, four sevens yeah. or three sevens or, and so you know you go you say today I'm getting rid of four sevens yeah. okay. and then it must be and then you say it again I'm getting rid of four sevens <laughs> and the third time you say it and someone goes hold on and you've got rid of four sevens just that kind of 
and especially because you, if you play it well, you've got eight cards in your hand that you've just put down, and no one checks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, that, I, mean, know, I like that. That was the bit of the game that made me intimidated to play that because the cool kids played that at my school, and when they taught me the rules, I was really nervous. And I think I played it once and lost because yeah. it's that there's an actually there's that leisure demand of like you can say you're putting down two cards, but actually you're putting down five. Yeah. And so long as you do it confidently and quickly, and I was not a dexterous kid. And that that did put me off, but yeah, what enough. a cool still what a cool idea for like a for a game that yeah that like involves absolutely because what's the other thing we do with cards aside from play games oh card tricks well what if a game you know like actually brought to both of those oh I want to design that now yeah not that I know anything about card tricks yeah but. I like the way in cheat it was always that thing of like you had to be really careful about how you place the cards because if you did that thing of like neatly putting them in a pile and then like putting them on top people yeah. would always be like hang on a minute so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but also, I think with cheat, it was that thing of being like, if the next player took their turn before you'd said anything, it was too late. And so that was like, yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah. incredibly frustrating sometimes when like somebody would be like four fives, and then you check your hand and you've got two fives, and you're like, but then somebody's already done theirs. It's like oh. Oh, they were too fast. That's the thing we found is really fun playing Spyfall, which is that game we talked about a while back. Oh yeah. Where, um, uh, yeah, where one player around the table is a spy and doesn't know that you're all in, for example, a circus. So it's players having conversations in character as circus workers, but one of you has no idea where you are. <laughs> yeah. And they have to figure it out. But that game has like a really small physical element, which I love, which is, I think, actually, you know what? We print and played this, so I might have made this up. But it's like, we we said there was like a sort of hypothetical button in the middle of the table that you have to press if you want to accuse someone of being a spy or if you're the spy and want to bug out and make your accusation. Mm. I'm like, you make your guess of where you are. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Oh, like, okay, it was... Okay, well, so, or just, I think the actual manual might say you just put up your hand and say, like, stop, or whatever. Um, but it led to really funny things when we had this artificial button in the middle of the table, because somewhat, like, Paul, can you just ask me a question? Um, how did you get to work today? Well, I, I've been, like, I mean, like the rest of us, I live nearby. <laughs> and then it's this moment where you two of you look at each other, and then suddenly it turns a game of bluffing into like an actual physical game because you're yeah. racing to hit the button because you know you've 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 banjaxed your cover, and it's and it was it was a nice sort of like sudden twist in what the game was. But yeah, I like that. Maybe more games should have sudden dexterity elements. A big button. That's what yeah. was always fun in yeah. when we played Space Cadets, and it's like you know you know you're doing a memorization game, and you're doing a movement game, and you're doing tile laying, and one player just has to flick a thing. Yeah, and it's the only physical. I mean, aside from the sensors bag, but just suddenly that it's a game of thinking, and suddenly we all look at Brendan to do this incredibly difficult physical task. <laughs> it's just funny, I guess. It is. It really is. Uh, Shall we move on? Okay. Uh, What's Paul, next on the list? You played a thing. Actually, you, you know what? Let's. Let's do, let's do the final thing Matt and I played at BGGCon, okay. which is uh, co-designer of Imperial Assault. Jonathan Ying was at GDC. Oh, and, fan. Um, yeah, uh, Fantasy Flight's Imperial Assault. This is like, we've been espousing Descent since Shut Up and Sit Down began, uh, yeah. but this is the new kind of Star Wars Descent. Descent being a game where we have a tile-based game. Heroes all go into a dungeon, and now they've done a Star Wars update of that where you're all, four of you play, or up to four, play Star Wars heroes, rebels, and Jedis and uh, Wookiees all running through a campaign and one of you plays the forces of evil and well see I'm curious about what you have to ask about it Matt as, I mean Paul is a long time Descent player but Matt this is your first experience of the whole yeah, thing yeah it, it is, is isn't it? I mean, I've never really played Descent and I always like the look of it but um, just never had a go 
Were you excited controlling a tiny plastic? What were you? I was. Oh, you were the both and sniper. Both and sniper. Did oh, you wow. like moving him round? Did you like shooting things? I did. I, I really really liked it. Um, I got really into. it. I think it's just immediately tickled the right parts of my brain as somebody who loves playing like you know computer RPGs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. being like, oh, I got a better gun. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I got really attached to the character. I really. It's kind of one of those things where we we were trying to sneak in a, a little cheeky game of it in the mornings before the conference. Yeah, got before busy. everything got going. Um, and it was kind of everybody involved was really wanting to do it and I think we missed the last time chance we had to do it because I wasn't there yeah you were and, in talk yeah and it was really annoying because it was like we all were really like oh I want to play again it does speak to how good that game is that he came to demo it to us and then we were like this is only the first mission of a campaign isn't it Jonathan and then he said, yeah. And then the rest of us were like, okay, well, when are we all free tomorrow? And we were discussing this amongst ourselves without asking him. Yeah, it was really bad. We were just like, oh, yeah, is that okay if you bring your game and, <laughs> on and play it with us every Whatever day? Whatever else you were doing, just come here. <laughs> I actually got a little bit sad when you started talking about Imperial Assault, though, because I started thinking about my both and, and my gun that I had, and I sort of thought, oh, that's sort of gone now. Like, that was in that box, and if yeah. I play it again... You can still play the both. I could play the both again, but it... But we, you might get a different thing. It will be different it yeah. won't be the same you will now never finish that Bothan's adventure yeah. why don't you say you did finish it that second mission we did that was the end we rescued the wookie <laughs> <laughs> so alright then Quins I mean we've we've played a lot of Descent sure and have. obviously there's, uh, there's far more than I'm willing to admit them. on air oh go on sorry yeah, no it's true so I mean did it feel different enough to you how how did it compare was it parallel was it a whole the, new thing the best thing I can say about it is that it is a better design game than Descent it is um, even 2.0 yeah well what the, remember how 2.0 just smoothed off all of Descent's edges and it just yes. polished it and buffed it and buffed it like a and it gave you a lot more teenager in the bathroom and things uh, to do yes it did and Imperial Assault is the same thing again they've taken second edition Descent in the last few years they've again it's not as dramatic a change but not at all but just from big things like um, remember Descent stuff just spawns constantly yes. <laughs> like it's like a pipe it's like a tap with just pours yeah, monsters which out. is a bit weird yeah so in uh, Descent I mean sorry in Imperial Assault the Overlord now has a hand of cards which represent kind of his squads then he builds up points and then he can spend the points en masse like he can spend 17 points to bring in a new group of stormtroopers who suddenly kick in one of the doors and enter which is way more thematic, to tiny things like the fact that, you remember in Descent, one of the attack dice has a big X, which means he misses. Yes. Which means characters always have a one in six chance of missing forever. That's now, are you ready for this? It's now on the dodge dice. Yeah. So it's rolled by the people you are attacking rather than you, which means it's that never a case of a player making a mistake or screwing up. It's a case of their opponent doing something awesome, which yeah. is just smart. It also means that that's only on one of the defense dice, so the Wookiee can't dodge. Shit, I can. The wiki just makes soaks up damage. Um, yeah, so it's really good. The, so I'm guessing that because I, mean, I don't know, maybe Descent had lots of magic and bows and stuff, but it seems like it's been quite nicely refined for like ranged combat. The, as well, the range though? stuff is better. Ah. Descent has endless throwing knives and spells, but the range combat's better in Imperial Assault for sure. It has a cool cover system whereby. Yeah. I could not describe this without. You need to show without it. Without my brain yeah. coming out of his ear. But basically, there's a line of sight system that means if I'm behind cover, if I'm behind a wall or a bush and you're not, I can shoot you, but you can't shoot me. Which is a really... Because of drawing from the side of one tile to the... Yeah. See, no, I'm already going into yeah, boring territory. It's yeah. complicated to explain, but basically it, it doesn't come up as often as you'd think. It's but More often than not, it's like, no, you're not actually behind cover there. But it means that occasionally, if you really go out of your way to do something smart, you can. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is you, it sounded like in Descent, uh, 
the way it would usually work is that the, it was in the dungeon person's interest to just bash the hell out of one character. Yes. Whereas ah, definitely yes, in true. first edition. And second edition still, you pick the character with the weakest armor and you bully them. It's hilarious. Yeah. And it seems in this it's very different in the fact that you get bullied for a short amount of time <laughs> and then you're basically like fatigued, which basically means like you're... <sighs> and then yeah. it means that you're not as good, but then the the... The alliance player, not alliance, rebel player. No, that's the same thing. The rebel alliance. <laughs> the, the bad. The, the bad. Baddies, the bad force. Star Wars. The bad men. force. The bad Star Wars. The, the bad men. The Vulcans. That's it, the Vulcans. The Vulcans. The worst um, place in Firefly. Worst, <laughs> <laughs> oh, another. You know, joke. seriously, we joke about this, but every time I do that joke, we I get know, angry mail know, and Facebook know, messages. People got to lighten up. Lighten up their It's not like this sabers. really matters. Light and saber up, light and saber it up. Anyway, um, they've got to basically fatigue all of the characters. So it means that basically yeah. you get to keep playing. You're less effective than you were. Yeah, but you can still play. And it's it's so tense. Like in Descent Second Edition, the whole falling over and standing back up really isn't great. But in this, it's like you so don't want to hit zero hit points because then you flip your character sheet over. You're slower. Yes. So not only do you roll less attack dice and you lose an ability, well, you don't actually roll less attack dice. The big thing is you lose your ability and your speed, your movement drops by one. And you've played Descent, Paul. You know it's basically, it's an Olympian 100-meter sprint through a dungeon. Losing your speed is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it means that the Overlord needs to knock each of you down once. Because once all four characters are fatigued, he wins. Or she she wins. Um, Which is huge, and it changes how it plays. It's really clever. It means in the last game we played, uh, we were playing against, trying to save the Wookiee. I made the mistake as the sniper of going forward and holding behind a wall and shooting a bit. But then I was like, automatically a bit too close and I just got ruined and it was fine though because it meant that I just for the first two rounds it just felt like I was having the worst time but then as soon as I was dead basically it left me alone and started messing up somebody else which is good you you can still keep playing but I carried on playing and it didn't make a massive difference I was less useful in that mission than I was in the one before mainly because of the reduced movement but you could possibly still save the day I still had some moments yeah yeah. I still had like a shot at thing yeah no you you were great you were useful you were mostly useful because you weren't being shot at and so you just you become a turret at that point the thing I also want to say is that um, well there's a couple of things I guess but you know how Descent is silly and we love it for just constantly putting heroes in absurd situations like yeah. uh, the halfling running into a corridor so the giant can't get through, that yes. kind of nonsense. So it was great actually to have that vindicated and sitting next to the designer of this, one of the designers. Um, but Jonathan was like, I got force throw as the first ability for my force sensitive exile, which is what they have to call Jedi's, Jedi's now for legal reasons. Um, oh, but uh, so because who wouldn't get force throw as their first ability? And then the, well, the, you almost didn't. You were I almost, almost didn't because I thought yeah. it was two XP. But you're it's like, no, nah, I'm going to save my points up. I'm like, you're a Jedi. Get some Jedi things. You're, like, you're not a Jedi. You're a force sensitive exile. <laughs> you spoke. I know. You spoke <laughs> the truth though. I'm a force sensitive exile, not with a lightsaber, but with a stick. <laughs> uh, so the Wookiee is just this incredibly dangerous character. Um, only up close. Only melee. So um, Jonathan was like, oh yeah, you guys have the force throw in the Wookiee now. Uh, we call it the speedball special in the office, but that's where the Jedi throws the Wookiee into enemies. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so you just force throw the Wookiee into a pile of dudes. It was actually really funny because it turned all of this sense puzzles of, oh, can you get to this point in this turn? It made them way more complicated because suddenly yeah. everyone had to just get close to me and I could throw them the remaining distance. And it's also the fact that like the Star Wars stuff is inherently a little bit more po-faced. Yeah, it's yes. good. But then we had such a laugh with it. I think because you have... I think because it's, it's all like... I always think, of, you know, like shooting... Like funny stuff is happening in Star Wars combat. It's always... No, it's camp. It's camp, sure. But it's, it's still... 
I don't know, like there no, are. No, you're elements. right. It's when Darth Vader shows up, it's meant to be very serious. Yes. And closing a door on Darth Vader is funny. Yeah, that's the thing, is there there are different levels of it, but there are elements of, of Star Wars at which, and you know, this is why you get hate mail. There are elements <laughs> at which people go, No, no, no. That it's not now. And that's why people yeah. hate Jar Jar Binks, you know, they're like some there are people who very much think there's a certain gravitas that should come with it all. But it's funny because we all know what it looks like for a bunch of stormtroopers to come through a corner. We all know what it's like when Darth yeah, Vader sure. turns up. And we had such a laugh, like, playing around with it. Especially the, the, the stormtroopers with the gun emplacements. Oh, that was so Who funny. kept turning up just as we'd gone around the corner. The, gun, em- the, the gun emplacements <laughs> are the funniest thing because it's like, you know, like a little turret? Like, it, yes. it looks like a Vickers machine yeah, gun or something. Yeah. I forget what they're called. Yeah. But, um, so, you first see them on... Uh, oh, I thought I could do a nice, quick, elegant segue into some Star Wars there, trivia. There is and a immediately bit in the Empire Strikes Back where they're escaping the base and actually that happens. They set one up to shoot the Millennium Falcon and just fly. Off. Yeah, so the way they do these is they are absurdly dangerous, and um, but they can only either move or shoot, and they are really slow at moving. So it's just this funny thing of like you open a door and it's like, oh no, it's a gun emplacement, and then quickly all the heroes run around the corner, and then it's very slowly going, <laughs> trying to catch up with them. Come on, it's the I'm thing of, of turning from like just total shit yourself terror to oh no, it's fine, he's a joke, to oh god, we're gonna die again. Um, so, and the other thing that's crazy about it is, um, as a result of just a sort of test within Fantasy Flight that turned out really well. Yeah. Um, it's also, did you know it's a miniatures combat game? So in addition to yes. selling, yeah, in addition to selling like lieutenants and all kinds of extra monsters, they've, they've doubled down on that and they're doing it for Descent as well. Yeah. This selling plastic miniatures, because they've totally aced, the miniatures are amazing by the way. Like they're so nice, just really beautiful bits of very heavy duty plastic. Um... And you can now play a sort of Rebel versus Empire or Empire versus Empire skirmish game. And every time they sell an expansion, which adds new stuff to the campaign, oh. it also gives you a new map, like in a video game, yeah. that you can use the tiles for. So you can have your 100-point Empire force against my 100-point Rebel force. And just play it like that, just a yep. one-off shooting. Yep, which wow. is makes it more flexible than Descent. So basically, it's a better game than Descent, and it's got this new mode. However, despite all of this stuff, and this is what I want to drive home, I'm. it's not good enough that I'm like... Oh, I'm selling all my second edition Descent stuff. Yeah. I'm not that into the Star Wars theme. It's fine. I don't really care for it more than fantasy. It's, like, it's going to be a thing that will really do that for Star Wars. Sure, people, of course. Yeah. But for me, yeah. like, I like fantasy. I think Descent's setting is fine and funny and really thematic as well. I'm not going to sell all my Descent stuff. I'm running a Descent campaign right now. Not in the room. I was going to say. Uh, but um, but no, I was impressed by Imperial Assault, but I don't feel the need to like buy it all just because I've already got Descent. That that also makes sense. That's the thing. But yeah. as somebody who hasn't played Descent, there you go. I quite oh. fancy picking it up. But it's that thing of like I just have to find. And this is the thing. I think for me, especially more of you know coming from my sort of realm of existence yes. a bit more. Yes. I think I will find it easier to find people who I know who will be up for playing. Star Wars. A Star Wars thing. Basically, yeah. Playing, because, playing you as know, Star fancy Wars. Is playing as a, a bit more sensitive exile. Yeah. I've got friends who I've say, look, do you want to come around to my house and play this like adventure game where we there are orcs and oozers? People go, maybe. But if I say, do you want to be Darth Vader? Like, <laughs> they'll go, yes. They'll go, yeah. I mean, is this a sex thing, Matt? But yeah. I so, mean... <laughs> so so two, two really quick questions then. Does it still have the same uh, sort of lots of inventory and gadgets and things that you gradually gather over time yep there's a yeah. shop phase and like Ooh. second edition descent you're using your experience to buy uh skills and i think i've mentioned this before but 
the thing it does that's super exciting is within the campaign there yeah. are missions oh, are you going to say that? why don't you I, go on I just, it's cool they're basically there's, there's side quests so you finish a mission and then depending on whether or not you win or lose the mission as the rebels you then get like a set of like potential next missions and basically like oh yeah no see this is the same as in Descent okay but the thing is now there are special ones yeah, yeah for each character so there are like five characters in the box there's none of that thing in Descent 2nd edition anymore this is actually a feature it's lost Whereby you pick your character, who's a miniature yeah. with a skill, yes. and then you pick their class, which is a whole deck of cards. That Ooh. was that was cool. Uh, it's now that's gone. That's that's to the wind. Who you are determines what you do. Yeah, you're now yeah. you're now the hand the hand solo but a lady character, or the Chewbacca but a not named Chewbacca character. <laughs> yes. um, and uh, those characters all have their own mission. And when that mission comes up, if the you rebels succeed, you yeah. get a thing. So the, they've. The, uh, I was reading the one for the um, for the Force Sensitive Exile, but that's where you go into a room and then there's you use the Darth Vader miniature, but it's like a shadow of Darth Vader. It's like a hallucination or something, and it's the same but with lower hit points. And if you successfully kill it, then uh, she gets her lightsaber. And if you don't kill it, she'll never get a lightsaber in the Aww. whole campaign. So that's a lovely little sort of. It's like what I do try and do with um, my role playing when I role play D and D and stuff. Yeah, you want to give each session. It's about one of the characters at the table, and you give that character time in the spotlight. That's just fun. That's just good yeah. design. Yeah, it is, and that's that's generally just as an aside. That's quite a good way to do that sort of stuff. Damn right. Uh, and does it have Ewoks in? Not. Yet Ooh. has an ATST, which is by far the biggest miniature. It does. That's true. I done. remember we saw that at uh, Gen Con. At Gen Con. That was it. Gen Con. That was mind blowing. I remember seeing it. Oh, that was ages ago. Um, that was the time I was so hungover that I genuinely had to like stop us rolling the footage and <laughs> go, Matt, can you do this? And uh, oh, yeah, I've never was... done that in my career as a writing about games ever. It was me and Matt sort of doing it. You were actually really good. Yeah, that but time, I... and it didn't show. No, it, well, if it didn't show, it's. The reason I bailed is because I knew that it would start showing immediately. <laughs> we, we tell this. Never mind. There's, I there's remember. more stories of me being hungover. I, I would like to blame our consistent hangovers during Jane Con just because in the evenings we kept bumping into people who loved Shuffles It Down who bought us lots of drinks. I, it wasn't us being reckless. I don't know how you did what some of you did because <laughs> there were one or two nights where I just thought, I can't, I'm going to bed. And I went to bed at like about 11 and I woke up about 8 the next day and I was okay. The morning and which I got I out of bed, one or two of those. I was, I was unable. I was supposed to be filming an interview for Quinns, and I'm glad we had oh, yeah, a tripod of some sort. Because oh, the yeah, if people watch Rob. the Gen Con special, it's the Rob Davio hungover yes. interview. Yeah, I was and supposed it, to be it doing wasn't that, a joke. and I just couldn't. I couldn't physically. I, it took me about 20 minutes to get out of the hotel room, and I was just standing outside the elevator, leaning my head. Oh, I love this because oh. I said I woke up in the hotel room, and it was you and Brendan in the room, and I said, oh, "Guys, we have to get up. We have to get up and interview Rob Davio," and then. Neither of you responded because obviously so hungover, just un ungodly time in the morning. It was like as early as eleven a.m. or something, and uh, uh, and then it was, you eventually were like, "No, I said no, guys. I really need a cameraman." And you went, "Okay," and you rallied. You got into the hallway, and you while we were waiting for the elevator, you just rested on the wall a little bit, <laughs> and you didn't move. And then just as the elevators came and the doors opened, we spoke at the same time and I went, Matt, are you, you went, and then you at the same time said, no, I'm back to bed. No. Yeah, I, I, I thought I could do it. Like, <laughs> I blame the chat that we were playing, we were playing uh, Two Rooms and a Boom at the kind of shut up and sit down drinks thing the night before at Gen Con. Oh. Um, a chap said, I'm from round here. I'd like to buy you a drink. I'll buy you a drink that we make round here. And I thought, okay, cool. And I had this very, very dark looking drink. It was very tasty, very sweet. And he's like, oh, I was like, oh, what is this? He's like, it's a special dark beer that we make by Ooh, putting it in dangerous. barrels which were used for whiskey. <laughs> Midwestern so stuff made was, by people who have a lot of spare time to yeah. let their drinks ferment. It was very, 
very bad, but very good. So thank you. Anyway, hopefully we won't do that ever again. I, I saw. What, get drunk? No, no, I'm not getting drunk ever I have again. no intention to get drunk. With GDC, the reason I can get through that is because you just feed off other people's energy. I've been yes. sleeping, ever yeah. since I got back from GDC, I've been sleeping for like 10 hours a night. Just repaying the sleep debt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do. I think good vibes sort of. Yeah, they just uh, carry you through. Yeah. yeah. So uh, did you play anything else particularly exciting? Uh, or was well, anything that you know what? You? Why don't we... The, I, I got all kinds of stuff, but but I'm seeing it's it's running late in the day. Why don't we move on to one of our folk games that our audience has been sent in, has I been sending in. Arrange the grammar in that. trying to so avoid this sense. subject because <laughs> it sounds awkward and weird. Well, we're running a bit over time, so we'll do the raiding the depths of BGG next week, so don't worry about that. But... Uh, so for people at home, we've been being sent in folk games from our fans and we discussed them on the podcast. Folk games being things that are passed down from mother to daughter, father to son, and which definitely seem to involve murder and sex a lot. And I, I actually got taught one um, at GDC. By oh, did you? Wait, shall I, should we stow this email for how interesting is yours? It's Cause... quite short, but it's quite fun. It's, uh, yeah, we might as well use it because it's tied in. Oh. Somebody I met at GDC told me about a game that they have with their friends called The Mole. And the way that the mole works... Oh, yeah, this is good. Okay, is yeah. Sorry, Corey, we'll talk we'll, about you in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the way the mole works is if you're going out on like a day trip or a holiday or something or doing something with a big group of friends where you're going to be all together roughly yeah. for a while, um, one person is the mole. And I think you do it by all like having like a piece of paper in a hat or whatever and you just then you all get a piece of paper telling you what you are. And everyone's fine apart from one person who is the mole. And if you're the mole then basically what you have to try and do is for the entire day or however long, you have to do your best to slightly spoil everything <laughs> for everyone. Oh. But in a way which is unnoticeable. Yes. Like, because if you at any point get caught and somebody says, you did that, didn't you, because you're the mole, then it's kind of game over. Oh. See, so this is... This is- the plot of the best game show of all time, which is <laughs> UK Channel 5 show The Mole. And I've got to wonder is if it? this game... Yeah, did you ever watch The Mole? No, no, no. <laughs> Did you not watch it no, either? I don't watch Channel 5. Okay, well, I mean, it was back It was back when Channel 5 had just launched and it made oh, an effort to do, God. like, top-quality programming. Oh, right, well, it's not as original now, is it? Well, no, but it's... No, it's good, though, because it means we get to discuss the concept, which was the plot of the show. So this was like a kind of set on cheap Mediterranean locations and it had like 12 contestants and one of them was the mole. And the, the people at home didn't know which one it was either. And mm. uh, they would go through challenges like, okay, today we're going whitewater rafting and if we fall out, you lose the challenge. Um, and then they'd go from whitewater rafting to something else, something else, something else. And in the evening, they all had to enter who they thought the mole was into a computer. And the person who answered the least questions right was eliminated. Ah. Uh, and so it was just really clever stuff because at the end of the show, when it's revealed who the mole is, then... Um, and the mole can win as well. The mole can win the, like, it's Channel 5, so, like, 20 grand or whatever. Um, if they mean, if no one else guesses them and enough people fail challenges. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, same bit. And it was clever. And at the end, the best thing, you saw, like, this two-hour documentary series after the game show was over and you knew who the mole was, showing how they messed everything up. Which was clever stuff, like the whitewater rafting thing I just named. They would, like, make sure that everyone applied suntan oil. Because they don't, the contestants don't know what the challenge is, but it's like, oh, it's a sunny day, we'll all wear... You know, like uh, oil to make sure we don't burn. Oh, we're all slippery now. Now we're going to slide out of the boat. <laughs> and that, for like 10 episodes, it was so, so good. That's clever. Incredibly yeah, good that's TV. that's quite interesting. Well, this person I was talking to at GDC basically said that their friend, who was yeah. a mole, 
had done very subtle things, such as whenever they were taking group photos, he just turned his head slightly to the side <laughs> so that all of the group photos would be a bit crap. When they got to the restaurant, he'd uh, sat down at the table before anyone else and put the salt and pepper underneath the table so wow. that nobody had any salt and pepper. And um, I mean, how, yeah. far, how far could this go? Like in terms of just spoiling the day, what if you like cut the tires of the van? Well, that's the thing. I think it, this was kind of nice because it was all stuff that was just like a little bit like, yeah. it was just slightly making everything worse. It's like, yeah. being, it's like the opposite of being a games master because games masters have to make, you know, everyone, make sure everyone has a really interesting, fun time. The mole just has to make sure people have an annoying time, but the day isn't ruined. It'd yeah. be stuff like you wouldn't go to the, the fridge and like pour all of the milk down the sink. You'd like pour most of it down. So there's only enough for, for like one, one cup person. of tea yeah. or something, you know, just like, yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting like task, that idea of like just making life for, for the people around you slightly worse. We should do but this not sometimes. so noticeable. <laughs> but it's we horrible. Do you, this when there's yeah. a group of us doing a sharp and sit down thing. Oh, you know, dude. Brendan and no, okay. I thought you were going to say we should do this next time we're filming something. It's like filming something. Oh, no, not ma- filming. Oh, the memory Change cards the quality cool. of footage on the camera again. <laughs> Oh, it's all interlaced. <laughs> oh no, we shot in AVI again. Oh, there's no sound ever. That's the thing is, I, don't know, I, don't know, I thought it was fascinating, but I don't think I'd ever want to play it just because it's like, why would okay. you? Why would you on a nice day out with all of your friends like try and task somebody with making it worse? It should. It's kind of funny. Be making it worse. It should be like you should be somehow trolling the group. They should have yeah. a task like. I don't know what, though. It immediately, kinda, it immediately becomes more complicated and worse. I kind of like the salt and pepper thing, though, because if it was me, I would do something like I'd be the person who unscrews the salt. See, no, that's not funny, because you ruin someone's lunch. Yeah, that's bad. And I'm so skinflint when it comes to eating at restaurants. I would kill someone if, like, oh, here's my burger. I mean, like, have you ever cooked something and made it too spicy and ruined your dinner? No. No? No, but then I'm really not a spicy person. But mm. yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, I can see a problem with that. But it would be more the kind of thing where something happens that is slightly. I mean, yeah, I oh, yeah, honestly, Paul, when you get to the point where you are sat in front of Google saying, "How do I make food less spicy? <laughs> like, how do I make food less salty? Like, it's not fun. It's like, oh, I just can't. Really. Maybe that's a poor example. But um, you also probably haven't experienced the. Uh, Male gender classic of uh, cutting chilies and then going to the toilet, going for a pee. Oh, no, I haven't. That's good stuff. You've got to be really careful with that. Finger, it gets under your fingernails as well, sometimes getting your eye. I've heard about this, and the eye thing, particularly with lots of people, is enough that, you know, I would never. Never eat a chili or be in the yeah. same room as one. What's the most again. frustrating about it is it's not real. I mean, no pain is real, obviously. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, true. Pain is not real. Pain there are grills just... here in the room. No, it's true. It's just a case of like your brain sends a message to you wherever it was and then it sends messages back and forth. That's also going. true of like depression and mental illness. Though. No, it's true, but there are ways you can override pain. Did you know that there are, if you have a type of bruise pain? What? This is true. If you have a bruise pain rather than a cut pain, uh, it has uses different sensors in your skin, and those sensors are also the same sensors which are used um, for touch. Which means if you have an aching pain, is and this you why it, I find I'd like I learned this from Jackie Chan? But if I wow. injure myself, if you rub it really vigorously, yeah, it hurts less, and that's because what you're doing is you're basically bombarding your senses with touch sensors. So it, it means that it can't send through the electrical signal for pain. I've got five pounds to anyone who can effortlessly bring this back to board games. I'm, I'm sorry, ah. I'm stuck. I went <laughs> we when went you into came up with Jackie Chan, I was trying to bring her back to sort of. Oh, what? there was a Kickstarter for a miniatures game that was Ooh. kind of Descent, but right. Chop Socky. 
that's where I was going to go. Holy shit! I mean, it's probably not going to be good because the hit rate of Kickstarters is very low, and my standards are very high. But if I could play Descent, a campaign of Descent, but you're all kung fu experts kicking your way through bars and streets, I would never play anything else ever again. That does sound like quite a good concept. Can you imagine? Yeah. I I barely can, and I'm already... And there's a lot you can do with that idea, too. I know! Like, in terms of just bosses and set pieces and stunts. And locations and, and stuff to fight you with. You just watch, like, ten chair. Jackie Chan films. Yeah, it would be like their weapons would be scattered around. Umbrella. There'd be tokens, which then yeah. break. It could be the, like, whenever you jump onto a counter and slide along it with guns you have to draw cards to see what things were on the counter see how far you can slide that also <laughs> would if we go really granularly yes <laughs> yeah sure that, that was just the only thing that came into my mind I think for some reason I just think about like a sp- just making it really camp like there's a speedboat at the docks and someone ha- and you can't find the keys and there's loads of tough dudes running down the docks and you have to get the speedboat going see isn't yeah. that better than like if you're in a fantasy setting trying to like find a get a horse and cart moving or raise a portcullis, isn't it better than like getting a speeder running? It's well, it's different. I just oh man. It is. I think it's, it's just different. Yeah. It's you're, okay, you're both correct, but also I'm not letting <laughs> no, go I of see how awesome this is. I see romanticize the, the speedboat. I love speedboats. <laughs> I think we've you got to the go, root of this. They now. can go so fast. And <laughs> sometimes people fall out. I like the speedboat in Top of the Lake in the first episode of Top oh. of the Lake. You know what? This podcast this time has gone all over the place. <laughs> it has been a I, I, I guess it's because we haven't seen you for a while. So you just want to talk to me about just stuff. Want to talk to you about top things. of the lake's very good. I haven't there seen. There should it. be a top of the lake board game where you really basically clue, but you know, one of you is a bad person, and it's one of you is a cop, and uh, you're in Australia or New Zealand. I can't remember because and racist. You don't even what? know. It's New Zealand, just so you know. But isn't she... Isn't, Australian. Well, she went, yeah. She moved to Australia because uh, of something that happened to her, and then she comes back to New Zealand. That's but was point. she not an Australian police officer? Guys, Watch Top to, of the Lake, to, <laughs> I haven't seen Top of the Lake, and this is boring, forces. which means I am a very good indication should watch it. Of, of our audience. Elizabeth Moss is very good. She's good in the West Wing. She's I'll good watch in Mad it. Men. All right, I'll watch it. We should just sort of talk to Matt. We should talk at Matt. In future podcasts, and just let me be the barometer. If everyone listening, you can stop now. We're let's, just gonna do other. Oh stuff my for god! A while. Let's call it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Shut Up and Sit Down, everybody. If you've enjoyed it, not necessarily how you felt about the last couple minutes, but the rest of the podcast. If you've enjoyed that, you should definitely leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you choose to listen to. Mad it. Men board game, West Wing board game. What other shows? Are a West there? Wing board game would basically be Camel Up, where you're racing around Round. corridors <laughs> in a lap. To get uh, to an office. Yes. Uh, if you enjoy Shut Up and Sit Down, then do uh, also go to www.shutupandsitdown.com where we do... Where we are. Uh, videos, which you might not know, and articles, because I found out recently it was very disturbing that some people just listen to the podcast. And some people just watch videos. Yeah. yeah. If you are missing out on the videos, then you are missing out on a whole, whole... Lot of cross-dressing. There's a lot of brilliant things going on in that crazy realm it's and mostly cross-dressing mostly cross-dressing right. but it's also jokes do give it a pop if you're a fan of jokes games or women or men dressed as women or men and thank you so much for listening what? everybody <laughs> goodbye bye, bye. bye.